Hello from Diplomatic Language Services, and welcome to our podcast, Language Matters. We make language accessible to everyday people by discussing features which may not exist in other languages. I'm your host, Molly Sampson. Welcome to this episode of Language Matters. Um, our podcast today is about Pashto. Um, and today I have two native speakers of Pashto. I have Roshana. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Sangayim alijani. Hayim. It's right? Dirsha. Uh, manana. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's thank you, by the way, right? Yeah. Okay. And I also have Faradun. Faradun, welcome. Thanks for being here. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam. So uh, we went through the greetings. So um, I think a big question for us with Pashto, it's a language from Afghanistan, um, is I think a couple episodes ago we did Dari. We talked about some differences between Dari and Farsi. But can you guys talk a little bit about Pashto and how it relates to Dari or how those two languages work within the, the one country? Uh, sure, yes. Um, uh, both uh, Dari and Pashto. Uh, the two languages are spoken in Afghanistan, and uh, they are both um, the official languages of Afghanistan. And in addition, Pashto is considered uh, or is the national language as well. Uh, that means in the constitution of Afghanistan, it is mentioned that the national anthem of Afghanistan uh, must be in um, Pashto. And uh, both Dari and Pashto um, are a branch of Iranian. Mm. Uh, Indo-European languages, uh, so um, uh, Pashto is uh, spoken not only in Afghanistan but also in, in Pakistan uh, by a fairly a large uh, number of uh, people. So basically, that what happened was the Pashto tribe spoke Pashto and they kind of split. Mm, uh, that is correct. The, the border. So the, there's the same ethnic group, mm, correct? Uh, uh, that is correct. Yeah, okay. it's been about a century that they've been split. I see, I see. Um, so how different are the Pashtos between Pakistan Pashto and, and Afghan Pashto? Uh, yeah, in uh, Pakistan Pashto is like uh, Eastern Pashto. We have uh, three different dialects in Afghanistan, like uh, South, East, and uh, Central. The Pakistani Pashto is like we call Pashto in, uh, over there in Pakistan. It's like Eastern, East, uh, side of Afghanistan, like Konar Jalalabad in uh, Konar Jalalabad in Lagman, they have the same uh, pronunciation, the same dialect, like this side of Afghanistan. They have Pashto is same. We know each other, but some some uh, alphabet word is is uh, different. But we know the. You can understand it. We understand each other. Yes. Okay. Can you tell me about, oh, so, uh, Roshana, you speak the southern dialect, correct? Yes. And you speak more uh, of a... I'm more of a central and eastern. Uh, <coughs> central uh, Pashto and eastern Pashto, uh, these uh, two are um, very similar in pronunciation, uh, but uh, they are different from the southern uh, yes. Pashto. Mm -hmm. So southern is the most distinctive one? Uh, correct. Oh, can you tell us a little bit about the differences between... Is, uh, usually in the class, I say the South is the modern Pashto because we, we use many dairy words. 
But in oh, East, so the South has a yeah. lot of Dari influence. Influence, and we call soft Pashto. It's a little bit softer than Eastern. So can you tell me specifically what some differences are between those the the different dialects? So what are some words or some sounds that are different that you guys would use? Uh, for example, uh, the uh, the two um, uh, the main differences I would say between Southern and Eastern Pashto are um, one pronunciation, second uh, some vocabulary words. Uh, for example, when it comes to pronunciation, uh, the word uh, good in Eastern Pashto is which I speak is uh, I would say kh, and in the Southern uh, Pashto, and, uh, we say sh. So it is the sound and the sh sound. Uh, or another example could be another sound, uh, the word for hungry, woge. Uh, and we say worry. Okay, it sounds mm. pretty different, but you guys can understand uh -huh. each other. Yes. Very easily, yes. It's, it's, uh, we understand each other, but it's just we speak our our own way. I see. So some words are also different, right? You have different vocabulary words for the same yes. same thing? Yes, we have. Like um, in uh, Eastern, say wagari for people. And we say khalak. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So it's totally, and totally it's different. It's totally different. Is it, is, it the, is it where the word comes from? So you said you use a lot of Dari words. Is, it, is that the no, difference or no, it just happens no, to be a different No, it's not Dari. Word? It's just Pashto. Two different words from two different... I see. I see. Uh, and the Dari influence would be the word uh, apple. In Eastern Pashto, we say mana, uh, and, and in we say seb, seb, which seb. is a dairy word. I see, I see. Seb okay. is in dairy, mm. yeah. Okay. Um, how much influence do you have um, in either dialect or in the language in general of English? Do you see more English coming into the language? It's a good question. Like, uh, as uh, Roshana John spoke about uh, Pashto in Pakistan, it looks like Pashto in Pakistan is more influenced by Urdu and especially English than Pashto in Afghanistan. But of course, with the, uh, the new technology, Pashto in Afghanistan is also influenced. For example, the words PowerPoint oh, uh, or okay. the words uh, Office for Windows. Uh, all these words are oh, mostly okay. used um, in Pashto, either in Afghanistan them, or Do you Pakistan. call the thing a mouse? Uh, yes, we call it a mouse. We do not translate it to... <laughs> to the word for mouse. For English. mouse, yes. Okay, so you just say mouse and keyboard. Uh, correct. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. interesting. Um, so we kind of skipped over the script, but can you tell me a little bit about the script that you use to write Pashto? From, uh, yes, Pashto we write from right to left. Similar to Arabic. Similar to Arabic, yes. And uh, we have in Pashto almost 45 alphabet uh, letters. I think 28 is coming from 28 we have from Arabic, and then the rest is in Pashto. I see. So is it much harder to learn the writing Pashto than Arabic? I, I would say, yeah, because there are about 16 more sounds or additional sounds that you would need to learn, especially for English speakers. Mm. Uh, some of the retroflex sounds that we have in Pashto uh, might be uh, like a, something new to learn. So uh, obviously it will take longer. For example, 
in Arabic, uh, we have the sound R. Uh, but in Pashto, we have R. In addition to it, we have the retroflex. That means uh, you roll your tongue back and pronounce it, and that will become R. And R does not exist in English. So this mm. could be um, a bit challenging for an English speaker to I learn uh, Pashto. I see. I see. Um, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about the grammar of Pasha, or not even mm -hmm. the grammar, but the things that are difficult for English speakers to do. So we talked a little mm -hmm. bit about the sound and the writing, but uh, structurally, what is difficult for English speakers to learn in Pashto? Yeah, it's difficult because Pashto have, for each single thing, Pashto have uh, masculine and feminine. Okay, so you have gendered... Thing. They are the student as usually they are have a so, challenge for this thing too, because in English we don't have any masculine or right. feminine. Right. So, so what is gendered? Is it you, your nouns are gendered? Absolutely. Are yes. your adjectives also? Um, yes. And what about uh, verbs and adverbs and do those have any any gender? Yeah. Yes. yes they so follow. Uh, verbs uh, change they depending. Change the, on the, the, the conjugate based on the. On the noun, and noun also follow the role. Uh, adjective follow the role of the nouns. I see. And in Pashto, Pashto is the language of uh, subject, object, and verb. Subject S S O V. Uh, S O V. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, we have. In and for people that don't know, it's S V O in English. Yeah. <laughs> Just in S V O. Case. And then uh, we have in Pashto for in the grammar of Pashto is masculine, uh, feminine, singular, plural, in four uh, four cases. And mm -hmm. also we have in subjective uh, mode also. And uh, more than 450 verbs in Pashto we have. Also, I've also heard that past tense is extremely difficult for English speakers. Can you give a brief description of how it works without complicating it too much? Uh, sure. I would say mm, so past tense is difficult not only for English speakers, but mm. also dairy speakers. Mm. Um, I mean, dairy speakers... Uh, live in, a, in the same country, they hear a lot of Pashto, but it's still challenging. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. I think you mentioned it's kind of the litmus, litmus test for uh, whether you're a native Pashtun speaker, it, Pasht, a native Pashto speaker. Mm -hmm. Yes, if a dairy speaker claims that they know yeah. Pashto, then we uh, tell them simply, uh, say, the dog bit me. And they will say, I bit the dog, mm. uh, because it is how it is structured. Uh, Pashto is um, a uh, language that word order does not play a very important role as it does in English. I see. Uh, so it is the personal ending that changes the meaning. So in, in that case, they put the right order that the dog um, bit me, but actually they put the wrong ending and that mm. translates into I bit the dog. So, uh, and the reason it's uh, difficult is uh, because when we want to start a sentence in the past tense. So the first thing, we would use subject. So um, we will need to know what our verb is to choose our subject because mm -hmm. our subject will change um, depending on the verb. If it is transitive, we use an object as a subject. I see. If it is intransitive, then we use the regular subject. And it goes all the way. So the verb is conjugated based on the object if the verb is transitive. And then the object could be singular, plural, masculine, 
for a feminine, depending on that, so the, the verb will have to be conjugated accordingly. So I all these uh, so parts make it a bit complicated for uh, non-Pashto speakers. I see. So it's pretty unforgiving because your meaning changes totally if you use the wrong, if you use the mm -hmm. object or the subject at the beginning of the sentence. Yes, uh, your uh, listener will not understand what you mm. mean or will I misunderstand you, which I you see. don't want. I see, I see. We talked a little bit about the pronunciation in the beginning, um, but are there any other sounds that you think um, are difficult for English speakers? We have in Pashto alphabet the five ya, the pronunciation mm. of these ya. And uh, sometimes it's very difficult for non-speaker uh, Pashto is because meaning is totally different in, uh, is, in the pronunciation is very close to each other. I see. Because the five year is one is masculine, feminine, plural, and singular, and then the last one is the ha sound, the amza sound. This one is uh, challenging for them. So what is the difference between the five yas? The way you pronounce them, can you? As as we we call them all as ya 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 ya, but the meaning is different. But is the sound always the, the sound is yes, the sound is different. One is e sound, double e sound. One is o u sound. One is o y sound. Do you have a word? Yes. That you can use as an example. Yes, and the 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 feminine is shkale. But can you give me a word where the sound the that gives me the sound over and over again? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, for example, one uh, example could be the last sound in the word uh, saray, which means man, a singular, and then sari, yes. the last sound would be pronounced e, and it is the plural form. Um, but then um, for the other sounds, we have to use different words. It's, so we, we do not have one word that will... Um, Has the same, uh, same sound. Yes, for all of them. Uh, but uh, the, the reason it's become challenging is native speakers usually pronounce it, uh, of course, very easily. But when it comes to writing, even native speakers have difficulty mm, putting yeah. the dots correctly because, I see, I see. Uh, because they have always pronounce it the correct way, but yeah, when yeah. it comes to writing, uh, they may have difficulty. It's like native English speakers writing, trying mm -hmm. to spell words. <laughs> it's like to well. spell the word compliment and compliment with an I and E, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the meaning is totally different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I have also heard um, in Pashto uh, poetry and proverbs and kind of very cultural, the culture is very embedded in the way you speak the language. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Uh -huh. Yes, Pashto has a rich of uh, proverb, proverb, uh, verbs in, uh, in poems, and uh, it's very close to the culture. And... We have many of them, and uh, we call Pashto Shiruna or Pashto Mataluna. And uh, I can give the, the proverb, the example of This is in Pashto. The meaning of that is the sun cannot be hidden by two fingers. The sun? The sun. The sun can't be hidden with two with fingers. With two fingers. The meaning is you cannot hide from the truth. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, okay. 
like we just Maybe put we really two fingers on the sky nowadays, right? and then mm-hmm. we say there is no sun. Mm. Okay. Next time I hear somebody like I'm going to use that in English, not mm-hmm. Pashto. Mm, it's worth to mention that uh, uh, the first, um, I mean, uh, Pashto script uh, traces back to 8th century in AD, and the first script uh, is a poem. And mm. It's a very strong mm. poem. It talks about bravery of the Afghans. Mm, uh, so y- you could see that how popular poems are in Afghanistan. Mm, and also I may add another uh, proverb uh, because we usually when we speak uh, in Afghanistan, whether it's a, a politician uh, or a doctor uh, or a religious person, they usually use uh, proverbs. For example, another proverb uh, could be uh, that means you cannot split or separate water with a stick. Like mm, if you put mm, a stick mm. in between water, it will you will not uh, split. The meaning behind is that y- you cannot separate people by saying certain things or by bringing up uh, certain issues with them, but they will still all be united. I see. So it's sort of um, the the unit is very mm. important, and mm. you can't separate Pashtuns from. Well, people or families or whatever from each each other. other. Um, So I've also heard the term Pashtunwali. Can you explain what Pashtunwali is? Mm, Yes. uh, uh, Pashtuns are very proud of their Pashtunwali. That's why you may have heard of it. Um, So if you look at the definition of Pashtunwali, you will find a lot of uh, characteristics like bravery, Mm -hmm. uh, hospitable, uh, and honest and many more uh, positive characteristics that you can think of, that they're all attached to uh, Pashtun Wali. And the most important one is uh, being very hospitable. I see. Uh, If if you are my guest, uh, then uh, I'll protect you with my life, Mm. no matter Mm -hmm. what. I see. Well, that's not a bad trait to have. (laughs) So, well, thank you very much, Manana Roshana. Thank you. Manana... Thank you for joining us for this episode of Language Matters. Um, to our listeners, uh, you can continue the conversation by tweeting us at DiplomaticLS, or you can find us on Facebook by searching for Diplomatic Language Services.